Hi there, and welcome to what I've started calling the SMB WAG, but I'm not really sure whether I should. But it's a series of podcasts that's all focused on the SMB and its use of virtualization. Um, we've done a whole series uh, from an IT administrator, VDI based, even speaking to service providers in the SMB space who provide services to the SMB. Uh, with me today is John White. Uh, John, can you introduce yourself to people listening in and watching the video? Absolutely. Uh, my name is John White, and I work for a, I would say, a, a mid-sized uh, distributor in the southwest of the United States, and um, we handle pet food. I don't know if that's really relevant, but uh, um, uh, yeah, we've. Uh, I'm based in uh, Southern California in Orange County, and uh, it's very nice to be here today. <laughs> pet food and virtualization. I've heard it all. <laughs> so, John, everybody has their virtualization journey. Yes, I'm sorry to use that word, the journey word. But can you fill us in how you sort of began with virtualization and, and sort of where is it taking you? Absolutely. The first uh, product that I ever used, I think, was, I think my first exposure was to Workstation. Um, but then the first product that I actually used in production was uh, VMware's Ace, which was a like a, it was a type two, uh, you know, I think it's an. It, I, th I think of it as an enhancement over player, mm. where the where the guest was encrypted in an encrypted file, and you needed a password just to get into it. And I think that people used it the at least the way that we used it was the way that people use um, uh, VDI. You mm. know, like remote VDI now, so we could have a desktop that we pushed out uh, remotely to another desktop. Um, so that we could have a, a controlled environment with an operate, you know, operating system and application stack that was under our control and, and not the control of the, the end user. So, so kind of pre-VDI uh, solution. I, I like the idea <laughs> of something that's pre-VDI. <laughs> but it, it, it was a kind of early sort of a virtual desktop, uh, but uh, very much angled from a, a security uh, perspective. But exactly. I, I guess I should explain how me and John sort of uh, cross paths. So I did a, a blog post on Spiceworks a couple of months ago, and it was talking about um, disaster recovery, of which people who know me well know that I'm quite strongly associated with VMware's Site Recovery Manager product. I haven't written some books about it. And uh, John was one of the first people to sort of respond to that article, and there was a kind of a chat amongst the guys on the Spiceworks network all about uh, virtual DR, and that's that's what made me want to get uh, John on the show. So, um, first real kind of techie question, I guess, is we've there's been recent announcements of of vSphere 5.1, which has now got bundled into it uh, vSphere replication as part of the platform. So, I, I wanted to know, John, is that something that uh, is tempting to you, interesting to you, relevant to you, or is it uh, a side uh, feature to you to you and your organization? No, I, I think it is something that's that's very intriguing. Um, I think that, at least in my view, for an SMB, the the very first thing that we need is uh, on-site replication. Um, and and so for me, the idea of having you know at least my infrastructure looks like I want to have one host that can handle all of my workloads, um, and a backup host would have everything replicated. Um, and then uh, my backup solution actually holds point-in-time backups, you know, going, 
you know, back in time, just, you know, just in case, you, you know, it's something that got wiped out, you know, but before the most recent replication. So in my mind, you know, on-site replication is, you know, kind of the first step before you go to shared storage and high availability. So I think for, for the SMB market, having that built-in replication is, is going to be, you know, an enabling technology. And, and I'm really interested. Of course, there's, there's, there's products out there, you know, that, that do it right now. You know, third parties like Veeam has a really good replication tool. Uh, so it's, it's, it's that balancing act, you know, is it, does it make sense to use this tool or this tool? Mm. But I, I think replication, you know, at least in my mind, is, is kind of a, a critical uh, availability tool. And, and, and that doesn't even take into account disaster recovery, of course. Mm. You know, so, um, you know, that on-site is that first step. Sure. I mean, the way I've been explaining it to customers is, is like, well, what VMware has done is virtualized replication. They've separated the replication process from where it would normally be, inverted commas, down at mm -hmm. the, the storage array and push that higher up the stack. So, I mean, for me, the big thing with that, that vSphere replication offers is the fact that it, it doesn't care whether your storage is local or whether it's iSCSI or whether it's NAS, you can replicate from unlike storage protocols. And I've started using it in my, my own lab to replicate data from one of my NetApp filers to one of my Dell Ecologics units because I had a bit of free space on both, but obviously they didn't share a common protocol. So uh, I've got a mix of array-based replication between two NetApps and a bit of uh, array-based replication between two Dell Ecologics. But I had quite a serious chunk of free space left over on two SATA-based arrays that I could use for vSphere replication. And I've kind of tiered mm. it up as different types of storage. So right. that would have been impossible or not really available without me going, like you just said, to the third-party market. Well, I think that's that's an important important point. At least in my mind, like you know, the whole reason for me to use virtualization is to abstract off of the specific hardware. So anything that you know VMware does that enables me to be independent of the hardware that I that I happen to be using, you know, for one host, you know, if it's you know iSCSI, you know, a, a storage appliance, it's a you know NFS filer, you know, that doesn't matter if 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 I can get abstracted from that hardware for another host connected to completely different hardware, you know, and uh, and it's and it's in that hypervisor, you know, level that's handling the service, then that's a win for me. Mm. I mean, the other thing I was kind of intrigued with with vSphere replication is the fact that it does do that kind of internal within a site replication. Because I must admit, from my kind of tunnel vision view. Whenever I thought about uh, vSphere replication or whenever I thought about replication and SRM, I was always thinking about different sites, New Jersey and New York or London and Reading or Paris or Rome. <laughs> um, maybe it's just because I like the idea of traveling around. But um, <laughs> I thought it was very interesting that the first thing you flagged up was the replication internally to a site was your priority first. Whether right. that exists in another site is a secondary concern for you? Well, it's not secondary. It's just the the low hanging fruit, mm. you know, um, because I think a lot of people will look for you know a, a backup solution um, in order to provide high high availability. But high availability to them is you know what my site was you know just a few moments ago, 
um, getting that back up mm-hmm. and, and using a backup solution to get, you know, objects or, um, you know, be that file level objects or exchange or SQL objects, or, you know, whatever kind of, uh, you know, object inside, you know. So um, getting, you know, using a replication tool to provide availability, you know, so it's, it's, it's really about, you know how often can I do that replication? Of course, you know, and and that's a that's a hardware issue, and it's a it's a network uh, infrastructure issue, and it's a it's a host resource issue. Or what, so, I, what I sometimes call a physics issue, because there's only <laughs> there's only if you take a certain distance, the round trip time it takes for a, a an electron to go down a length of cable and back again, that's of a finite value at the end of the day, and uh, we haven't yet. Being able to go faster than the speed of light, so no, we haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I sometimes call it a physics issue. So I guess we, what we're trying to say, or another way of saying it, is that it isn't just about products. Um, there's there's the processes, there's the business needs uh, requirements out there. So maybe we should like not focus on you know uh, a particular technology, but speak more generally about the the general challenges of disaster recovering. Uh, in an SMB environment, I mean, what what kind of roadblocks or challenges do you need to overcome if you do want to do this kind of replication, either internally or into another site? What do you rub up against? Well, I think that the main issue is that you know, I don't know if this depends on my environment, but I, I see this all the time: is management, you know, without that um, that accounting training. So you're not talking about. Uh, cost of downtime to a CFO. You know, you're talking to an operations person who doesn't have a real strong idea of if we're down for 10 minutes, you know, how much money does that cost us? You know, because usually that number is not a whole lot. You know, it's that hour of downtime, the second hour, the third hour, the whole first day, you know, and and sometimes even that in in an SMB, it's Hey, we're going to be down for a day. Send everybody home. Get them off the clock. It, it doesn't necessarily cost a whole lot of money. You know, there might be lost, you know, opportunity costs, um, and and those are again maybe difficult to measure for an SMB. Mm-hmm. So um, it's it's rubbing up against that that inability to measure exactly how much money you know is is being lost and and when you can't measure that it's difficult to justify additional infrastructure uh, you know off-site hosting uh, you know bigger you know bandwidth you know more more bandwidth bigger pipes uh, to, to enable that that off-site replication in, in some kind of reasonable time um, and then so that's I, I, what I see as well the I I'm done with people to try and bring the message home is um so I'm saying, have you ever dialed into a call center and you've been speaking to somebody at the call center who goes, oh, I'm sorry, my computer's frozen or the network has gone down and the 10 minutes I've been spoken speaking to you, everything that I've been noting down has been lost and we're going to have to do that all over again. How does that make you feel about the company that you're dealing with when you have that experience? You can't right. think, you know, and then exactly. times that by what well, I rang and they were simply not available for an hour or two hours or three hours. So I try and make it into, have you ever had the experience of being affected by an outage as a customer? And what impression does that leave with you in the minds of, of do you want to go back to them and use them again? But I, I guess the, the other thing is, is that there are, there are other challenges. Um, you know, it, we assume if you're doing a replication to another site that you have a site to replicate to. 
Absolutely. Uh, or even right. that it's either far away enough or not too far away enough to be an appropriate target. Is, is that something you come across often? Absolutely. And I think that, you know, it, it comes, you know, even without the technology of replication, people talk about, well, you know, the very first step is to have, you know, very, very good backup, you know, that I'm writing to my tape drive and, and I'm taking it home every day. It's like, well, uh, how far away from the business do you live that, you know, something like a flood wouldn't affect both the business and your home? Um, you know, so then you talk about real, you know, backups and disaster recovery, you know, it, even if it's with tape, you know, involves, a, you know, really giving it to a service that's that's uh, taking it to a geographically diverse area and, and storing it in a way that, you know, is fairly expensive, right? Mm. So when, when you measure that cost against the cost of having, you know, uh, renting space from, from someone's DC in a, in a geographically diverse you know, place like I'm. I'm in Southern California. How far away do I need to go? Northern California. Well, if it's a large earthquake, you know, it might affect both places. Uh, mm -hmm. Las Vegas or you know Arizona, maybe Chicago. Um, so, you know, having that 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 you know gigabit connection. I don't know, hundred megabit connection, and and the bandwidth to to push out you know my my replication job on a on a you know in a reasonable amount of time without affecting other business. Sure. You know that when uh, you compare those costs, I think that's that's. I mean, I guess it, I guess in the past, um, people who were in the SMB would have relied just on their backup as a way of restoring uh, their data. And I, I guess you know you mentioned tape, but uh, you know I'm, I imagine increasingly people are either backing up to the cloud or maybe backing up to uh, disk-based uh, storage, so it's a disk-to-disk -disk resource. But I think right. what often is forgotten is the quantity of data that we now have. That factor that into your recovery time objective, the actual time to restore that data, putting aside, you know, the, you know, is it, is it even off sign? The time to restores are getting longer because the quantity of data that we were keeping and archiving either simply because there's so much data or because of logistical or legal reasons, we have to retain that right. data longer than we used to. Is that something you've come across? Yeah, absolutely. Which is kind of why the, uh, my first step for, for recovery is is a replication right mm. so it's it's it takes a long time the first time and then you're doing you know you're leveraging change block tracking to really have that 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 you know short replication time to uh to 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 make you know that that replica site you know even if that's on the site mm. um you know, a, a reality and, and getting back up and running with the business. I, and when I think about off-site DR, you know, at least in the SMB market, a lot of times it's about, you know, getting financial data, you know, available as opposed to getting the entire business up and running. Mm. It's um, not the whole organization that has to be restored. It's the critical parts. And I think sometimes the challenge is identifying what's a nice to have and what's an absolute must have in a, in a DR absolutely. plan. I, I used to say to a customer of mine whose only DR strategy was backup, I, I once asked him, how long did it take to restore this system? And he said, about three hours. And I said, so really it's about six hours. And he said, well, how, how have you managed to just double it? I said, well, the law of averages is that any restore that you'll do will get to 
and then fail and you'll have to start all over again. So you have to factor in that none of the things that we do are ever perfect. And sometimes you'll try a second restore or a second catalog, or maybe the, the thing that you're trying to restore wasn't in that particular backup catalog. It was in, in a different one um, <laughs> and not the right version. So the, you right. know when you say it's going to take us this sort of time to restore, that kind of assumes that we live in the best of all possible worlds where these things work all the time. Why not factor in the fact that a certain percentage are just not going to work at all? What will you do then? And that, right. that really did start to focus their minds when some of their restore times were being doubled or tripled based on how reliable their restore process is. Because with the best will in the world, nothing is perfect, is it? No, that's absolutely true. And I, I think it it really starts to drive home how important it is to test that backup. You know, so with a with a virtualized environment, you know, you can you have the ability, even if it's just manually, to to spin up a backup, you know, or, or a replica, you know, to uh, you know, to a test environment and you know, change all the network numbers or, you know, make it a, a read only instance or do whatever you need to do or, you know, use a value added product that'll that'll automate all of those things for you. Um and 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 have that knowledge that yes, you know, this is a backup that actually works. Like I can bring my environment back up, you know, and and it's sometimes it's, you know, I have my my exchange server, you know, well I can't really test that without my you know, Active Directory server too. So I have to test those things in, in tandem and, and, and having that process, that testing process and, and having actually done it, you know, on a regular basis so you have faith in it and, and know, you know, approximately how much time it does take. I mean, I think that, you know, the, well, sometimes it, the restore fails is a, is a, you know, that's a terrifying thing to say to someone, you know. <laughs> but it happens. It does happen, you know, so, and especially if you don't test it, you don't know how often it does happen, right? So if, you, if you've gone through, you know, a testing process where you've done test restores, you know, once a week, you know, twice a week, you, you at least have some internal stats, some internal feeling of how often this happens. Oh, we did do this restore. It took, oh, only 30 minutes, but it was the wrong one. So we had to do another, you know, 40-minute process this time, 15-minute process to, to go back in time to find the right version. Mm. And then, you know, then uh, we, we, so the entire process of, of finding, of restoring the correct environment, you know, actually took three hours. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, I, it's been great. This time is going so quickly, but I've got, I'm already on to my last question, which is a question I've asked everybody in this series, which is, um, it's your right to reply, if you like. What is it that VMware could do for you now to make your life, your virtual life or your virtual um, world, easier or more productive? Is it, Have you got two or three things that you, you would like to see VMware do for the SMB? Well, I, I think that leveraging the partner network, I think, might might help, especially for features like disaster recovery. Um, so if I'm doing off-site, you know, um, replication, for example, um, who are the partners that are ready to step in and help me out with uh, space or who have, you know, validated uh, um, processes to, to bring up, you know, um, you know uh, disaster recovery or, or replication targets for the SMB market. I mean, that, you know, as I say that out loud, I think to myself, wow, that's a, that's a, that's a great business, you know, just <laughs> marketing, uh, somebody should do that. Right? Um, Very entrepreneurial of you. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, whoever's watching, 
at least uh, you know get me in the test uh, test market. <laughs> right? uh, so yeah, so you know even having just created the product, you know now go ahead and create the marketplace to enable people to to use that product because you know SMBs aren't going to necessarily have you know a pre-existing relationship with um, a co-location center. You know I already have you know a, you know. Three thousand dollars a month, you know, invested in a in a rack in a data center somewhere. So all I need to do is spin up that space. Well, you know, there's already a vCloud initiative, right? So um, it just seems to me that uh, having, you know, leveraging that marketplace of what is it? It's like eight thousand customers or something that are you know already have v, v clouds up and running. Well, you know, the, you know, there needs to be, you know, there or there. I assume there is a subset of of those companies that are willing to to work with SMBs on on replication targets and disaster recovery plans. Sure, you know, I mean, there, there are, it's not just a product; it's it has to be an entire process. I think there are a number of programs like that, like uh, the vCloud Express, and of course, there's recently been launched the the VMware Go Pro, which, if I recall, does have um, some sort of backup uh, functionality in there. But I think perhaps. Um, there's more opportunity there for, for, for us to offer more in the way of either services directly or you know services through through, through partners. And was there right. anything else that, that was on your on your on your hit list of things that VMware could do for you? Well, as an SMB, of course, you know, I'm focused on on you know the essentials kits. Mm. Right? The essentials and essentials plus and and, and I, I see some some products trickling down, especially five dot one to have you know endpoint protection or um, I think operations manager like comes with uh, uh, the uh, essentials plus now or in in and seeing those tools um, I think really gives me hope that uh, you know that that VMware has you know my my uh, you know best interest in mind you know I, I, I think that having management of an environment is is a critical part of uh, about having you know actual infrastructure that works. You know, just having you know a, a two host cluster, you know, with uh, with guests running on it isn't isn't a solution, right? That's infrastructure, and there's but you you have to have management on top of that, and mm -hmm. and have you know visibility into what's going on in the environment. So so wrapping all of that up into you know a package and. And even if that package costs a little bit more than you know, six hundred dollars, is it for for um, essentials right now? Well, you know, the the next step up is I think you know, closer to six thousand dollars with essentials plus. So maybe like an intermediate step in there that has some some management tools, you know, on you know beyond just having you know a vCenter server, but but maybe like a a, a trimmed down version of operations manager with, sure. with Capacity planning and and, uh, and and those kinds of things. Well, I'll, I'll have a chat with the CEO tomorrow, and I'll see what I can do for you. John White said. <laughs> well, oh, John, no. it's been great chatting with you. Thank you very much for uh, sparing your time today, and thanks for sharing your thoughts with us. Thanks for having me on.